This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Dr- Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth... Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Down to Dunk Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht, and with me, John Ham. John Ham, how are you? I am well. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, this is this is going to be a strange week. Uh, I talked with Fred Katz last night, and we both determined this is a weird week. We have LeBron coming in, or maybe not even playing on Thursday. <laughs> I was going to say, um, don't uh, don't put that in ink because we don't know yet. Yeah, Durant comes uh, on Saturday night. Uh, it's it's a strange week. Presti's quote. I want to talk about that that Royce just put out. There's a lot of crazy stuff. But first, let's talk about. Uh, the LeBron game. So tell us about the, the quote that Ty Lube said earlier today. So this was an article uh, from Jason Lloyd, who uh, he's one of the Cleveland Cavalier beat writers. Um, and so the, you know, the thing with LeBron, there was, there was this big thing about his minutes and you, because this was during the whole, we need another playmaker and oh my gosh, LeBron's minutes are up. And I had read somewhere that that was part of a plan, like to ramp his minutes up hmm. and then taper them off. Uh, so anyway, there was a follow-up to that, uh, basically saying that that original plan doesn't seem to be you know, going according to plan. And then uh, they're talking about, because Cleveland has got, what, four games and six nights on the road? Yeah, I think that's they right. Play in Indiana tonight, Oklahoma City tomorrow night, and... Um, yeah, basically, Ty, Ty Lue said that, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, if LeBron has to play you know, in the high 30s or low 40 minutes a night, he's probably going to sit him uh, against Oklahoma City. Yeah, which, I don't know. I, th- I mean, the Thunder definitely need as many wins as they can get, and that would be very helpful <laughs> in getting a win sure. on Thursday. But it is a little disappointing. Like, if you get a chance to see LeBron close up uh, during his prime you, I mean, it's it's just disappointing from that aspect, but um, it's honestly, I, I think that it's probably a good thing. And you know, it's such an emotional week with Kevin coming in. Like LeBron, LeBron is like a complete afterthought. Like this, this yeah. is like the least anticipated, you know, LeBron James game in Oklahoma City ever. Like no one's really even talking about it, thinking about it. You know, Westbrook versus LeBron should be like a really cool thing, but the it, it's just not yeah i was talking with with jerry ramsey about this earlier because we were you know kind of planning out post game shows the rest of the week and it was like isn't it kind of strange that we're not even psyched up about cleveland coming to town <laughs> yeah, it's it's very odd this is and, the, the, i mean the, you know they just won the championship believe it or not people don't talk about them like they won the championship but they did right and it's just it's just the reality of I mean let's face it this is the number one team in the East coming to play the number seven team in the West now yeah and it's it, it is kind of jarring to you know think about that like oh yeah that that's where things are at now yeah that, and that, that is definitely a part of it that it's it's just not what it was um, but uh, ho- I'm kind of hoping in a way that LeBron doesn't play so that the Thunder can maybe go 
into the the game against Golden State with a little bit of confidence and not get completely smashed like they did against the Cavs <laughs> on the road uh, last week. So um, that'll it'll at least be interesting game even with um, LeBron out because Irving and Love are. Or, I mean, they're still very good players, but they haven't played well. The Cavs haven't played well at all without LeBron this season. So um, hopefully they can get a win and get some confidence going into the Golden State game. That would be nice. Yeah, the Thunder can use basically every break that he can get. Yeah. Uh, so Royce Young put out a quote today from Sam Presti where he basically said a lot of Sam Presti stuff for a while where he just talked about you know, he's thankful for Kevin, the contributions he made, blah, 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 blah. And then the, in the last paragraph that Royce typed out, it says, we are fortunate to have people like Russell, Nick, Stephen, and Billy in place, individuals who care deeply about the Thunder and what it stands for in our community and who are proud of their contributions to date, yet driven and honored to write our next chapter together, which is very, very interesting. What did you, what did you think about that quote? Very slow burn, yeah, is, is is what I thought. I mean, as as much as uh, you know, Sam Presti will put out in a press release. That was as much of a burn, I think, as you're going to get uh, put out like that. Yeah, um, and I, th- I just think it's very interesting the guys that he decided to put in that category of guys who deeply care about the Thunder and what it stands for. And the guys that are proud of what they've done and proud to move forward, that it's basically Russ and Adams, and then like obviously like Nick is he's here and he's not playing, but he's here. Um, and then Billy, who obviously would love to stay, but the two players. I mean, he basically only mentioned two players, and that's yeah. Russ and Adams. So I, yep. I think that's I think that's highly interesting when in terms it of like thinking of this roster going forward. It is, and, and those are also are are they the two longest? I mean, so Stephen, I'm sorry, excuse me, Russell and Nick are obviously the longest tenured mm-hmm. members of the franchise. Has anyone been here longer than Stephen? I think everybody else is new, right? I think so, and I wonder. You know, well, he I, and I Robertson came in the same year. Yeah, he and Robertson came in together. So that would be those would be the guys, but Robert- okay. So Robertson's getting traded. <laughs> I I don't. I mean, I, I would just be surprised um, if Robertson stuck around at this point. Just hearing kind of some of like what he was offered by the Thunder and what wasn't taken. It, it's just, um, it's just highly interesting. It is, and you know, I was even was readjusting some you know spreadsheet info yesterday and I was looking ahead at Oklahoma City towards next season and, and I don't think this team is going to look the same after the deadline after the draft but at this point they're they're only going to be about 10 million dollars under the tax because some some of the salaries got adjusted upwards for guys like uh, Samaje and Jeremy and Josh um, and then there's a first round pick potentially that would have you know money coming to him so uh, the amount of money that they could offer and stay under the tax is, you know, kind of limited. Now, there's other ways they can get around that. I understand, um, but I just think it's interesting that, you know, it's something else to think about there. As we we believe there's going to be change at some point, and when you look at where they stand, 
as a not title contender and you know ten million dollars under the tax line for next season, it kind of indicates a few things of, of what could happen. Yeah, for sure. And we've asked this question before: Is Andre Robertson the guy that you want to push the Thunder over the tax line? He doesn't. Yeah, he just doesn't feel. <laughs> he's very good, and I love his defense, and I really think that he's he's improved over even the last week or so, uh, at least with his confidence. But I I don't know. It's just very interesting. Yeah, it is, um, and uh, that's the hard thing. Whenever you know, whenever we start talking about what kind of trades are going to be made, I mean, I think there's. When you start talking about guys like, oh, you're giving up on him. No, not necessarily. You're you're giving up that player to get something in return. Parts don't quite fit. You know, you're trading you're, you're trading a couple of square pegs for a couple of round pegs because they mm-hmm. you know they fit better. Um, it's not necessarily you know like when Reggie Jackson was traded. I think clearly everyone was ready to move on from that. Mm-hmm. I don't get the sense like with Robertson like you know that. He's dying to get out. Right. Uh, I don't think the organization is desperate to move him, but I think it just could become the reality of, hey, look, it, this just isn't quite the right fit anymore. And you know, not everything has to be so dramatic as you know, oh my gosh, you're you're giving up, or oh, he had to get out of here. Yeah, and and to be fair to Robertson, like he, I would hope that we could get a player at some point to take a discount in Oklahoma City, but. I think it's completely fair for a guy to go and get as much as they can, and maybe Oklahoma City's not willing to give him fifteen or sixteen million a year. And I would be—I I mean, honestly, if I'm Presty, like I don't know that I want to give that much either. Uh, but there may be a team that that'll do that. I mean, who knows? Yeah, exactly. It's that whole thing. I mean, go get paid, guys. I mean, go get the money while it's there because you never know, you know, what can happen. So. If that opportunity is is somewhere else, uh, you know, again, we, we talk about Denver a lot. They've got a lot of payroll flexibility, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that could happen. And, and basically, it is the collective bargaining agreement doing what it's supposed to, um, you know, giving these guys opportunities and, you know, creating uh, you know, spots where these guys can go and cash in. And, you know, it's kind of doing its thing. But again, as far as the Thunder goes, I think we all understand that the lineup they have right now isn't it could be better. It could be better. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the hot hand player of the week this week has got to go to Russell Westbrook. What he did against the Grizzlies and against the Trailblazers was just crazy. Uh, his ability to just take the team on his back and score all those points in, in the clutch and to play the kind of defense that he did during that time, uh, to carry that team to two wins that they needed desperately after coming off the uh, Chicago loss by 28 points. I, I still can't even believe that happened. Uh, losing to the Spurs <laughs> and the Cavs before that, they needed wins desperately. The Memphis win was huge because Memphis is a really good team. Uh, Portland, who hasn't been very good this season, but uh, the Thunder missed like a crazy amount of shots in that game, but still able to pull it off. And then, I mean, he was really one shot away um from tying the game up with portland he had actually had two shots to to do that but he wasn't able to um i think the hot hand player of the week goes to russell westbrook and this is sponsored by anchor down uh this weekend is supposed to be so nice and anchor down has a great patio to go hang out and watch the game saturday is supposed to be super warm outside so if you need a place to watch the golden state um versus uh, Oklahoma City game. If you're not going to the game, you can watch it at Anchor Down. I'm sure that they will have the game on outside with the sound outside. Also inside, they have TVs. 
uh, go get yourself a beer from there. Uh, get yourself a corn dog. Uh, as always, get yourself a salad. If you're into salads, they got a great salad. Uh, so go check out Anchor Down um, over the weekend. And also, if you uh, work downtown, go eat there at lunch. Great place. So Completely agree. Kevin Durant is returning on Saturday. Is he? Is that this Saturday? Apparently so. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure. Um, I was wondering why his face was on the TV so much lately. That explains it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So Mark Stein did an interview with Kevin Durant, and they released a part of it that that will be aired uh, whenever the Golden State Warriors play the Thunder on Saturday. And the part that they aired, obviously, to like drum up a bunch of controversy before the game, was that Kevin said that the media basically created this beef between he and Russ. What, what was your reaction whenever you heard that? Oh, my immediate reaction was, where can I find the Eric Horn tweet that has the video yeah. <laughs> that shows him as, you know, reciting Kevin's words verbatim um, just to show that there was, there was no twisting on Eric's part. Uh, there was no manipulation. You know, there, I mean, he was reading it word for word off the page. Um, but I, I, I don't know. There, there's, it's a place that we're in these days that if you don't like what someone is saying, or you don't like what's being, you can just, you can call it fake and just dismiss it, apparently. So, <laughs> yeah, that has become kind of a thing. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, and then I wondered too, like, okay, so did Kevin actually see this or did some of his, did some of his people see this and, and feed that to him? Was this part of the, remember, you know, Kevin asked the Golden State management, how can you, you know, help me, uh, protect me from this decision I'm about to make? Um, is this all part of their plan as well? You know, I I wonder about a lot of those things. Um, mm-hmm. I honestly wonder, like, how close of attention did, did Durant actually pay to that whole thing? Yeah. And it, to me, all I can think about is him and Draymond talking about it. <laughs> and, like, Draymond mm-hmm. just, like reshaping his reality and Durant reshaping his reality. Like I, I just have begun to think that Durant doesn't operate in like true reality, which I mean, a lot of people don't, but um, whenever you're such a public figure, it's just really, it's just interesting to see someone not operate in reality, like right before your eyes, because clearly, I mean, if the media had fabricated it, wouldn't Russ have talked to him in the two times that they have played against each other? Yeah. Um, and, you know, wouldn't Kevin have called Russ or at least talked to him face to face and said, Hey man, like I really enjoyed our time together, but I think I'm a better fit in golden state. Um, you know, hashed it out man to man. I mean, those like, obviously the media did not create this. Like it's just absolutely no. absurd to even suggest it. And everybody knows it. Like you can't, you can't watch him say that and take him seriously. No, and, and it's it's just become weak these days to just blame the media for things you don't like, right? Yeah. So, and again, whenever there is clear, explicit video or evidence out there, you know, we're not we're not dumb. <laughs> if you say something, if you you know, if I came on this podcast and said, you know, Russell Westbrook is shooting ninety percent from the field this season, and I was adamant about it. There's facts out there that prove that I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and when someone points that out, I can't just say, well, that's a fake site yeah. with fake stats. <laughs> so I, 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. Own it, man. Just own it. Yeah. And that's, that's the one thing that Kevin, I don't think is really answered. And, and hopefully he's, he's going to get asked here in Oklahoma city, Kevin, break it down for us. Why did you leave? Yeah. And, and don't tell us it's because you're trying to find yourself as a man, because, you know, obviously you need Draymond in order to function for most of the, you know, most of the time, but you know, don't give us that stuff. I mean, like, tell us, why did you leave? What was it about Russ? What was it about management? What was it about ownership, you know, that, that made you pick up and go? Um, those are the things that he hasn't quite answered yet. He's tap danced around it and is making excuses. And honestly, I feel like if he just said, even from the beginning, hey, listen, I want to win as many NBA championships as humanly possible, and this is the this is the way to do it. I've eliminated my competition, and now I now I just have this super team that we can keep together and there's really no one that can compete with us, and that's why I did it. And everybody would be like yeah, that makes sense. But instead, he's saying, well, this is not the easy road. This isn't the easiest decision to make. Oh, come on. I mean, and some pe- and one thing that's kind of got to me a little bit is whenever people talk about uh, the Warriors and like, oh, the Warriors are so amazing. What they're doing is just is just unbelievable. And it's like, actually, it's very believable. Like they've got mm-hmm. they've got, you know, four of the top 15 players in the NBA all on one squad. It's extremely believable that they're going to kill everybody else. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I just think it's all very interesting. If, if Durant would just come out and just be honest and at least seem authentic or say things that are authentic, I think that people, people could understand that. But like this continued game of like reshaping reality around him is, I think, what is, continues to frustrate uh, Thunder fans. Yeah, and, you know, like, I've thought a lot about, for example, the, you know, Paul Pierce, kind of the reception he got in Boston, Right. Yeah. But in that case, I think, you know, number one, I mean, Paul Pierce had to, he basically had to agree to the trade. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Kevin Garnett had the no trade clause, but it wasn't happening unless Paul Pierce talked Kevin Garnett into it. Um, I think Boston fans were at a point to where they said, you know what, it's, we've had a good run. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, we've had our time. um, And, you know, like there was a good parting. There was a good parting there. Mm-hmm. Same thing, uh, you know, the, the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning. You know, yeah. whenever they decided to part ways, like there was a press conference, there was tear shed, it was emotional, uh, and it was kind of understood, like, okay, we, we kind of get why this had to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, you know, Kevin, if he, I, I think you said it in, in your piece you wrote today for Daily Thunder, yeah, Kevin had the right to go wherever he wanted. No one has disputed that. Yeah. And no one is trying to say that you know, he was wrong for doing that. He, he, had, he could go wherever he wanted, but after he did, he had his people go to Howard Beck and throw Russell Westbrook under the bus. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, basically dodge questions. Like I say, whenever he's asked, you know, why did you go out and do this? You know, he would answer with Vega. Oh, I just, you know, trying to find myself as a human being, or I'm trying to evolve into a different plane <laughs> of existence or whatever. Um, basically been kind of dodging it. And then, yeah, whenever he does, you know, whenever he does sit down, like you say, he's he's trying to convince us stuff that's just not factual. Yeah. So, yeah, and you know, I I wrote a kind of a highly emotional piece about Kevin Durant today for Daily Thunder. <laughs> Some people may not agree with me, and that's fine. Uh, but I believe that if you're an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, you have every right to be upset about this. And you know, Durant did have 
like you said, the ability to make whatever decision he wanted. But the fact remains that he led the Thunder fan base to believe that he wanted to stay. And there are mm-hmm. multiple quotes that say that. And the one that, that gets me the most that I actually cited twice <laughs> in the article was he said, I want to be a Kobe, Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki type of dude. And obviously he changed his mind about that, which is also, mm-hmm. which is fine, but it also, I'm not saying that people can't change their minds about stuff. Of course people change their minds. I've changed my mind about a lot of things in my life. But to think that it still wouldn't affect the people that you leave behind is really silly. Like it's really just stupid to think that it wouldn't affect the people that you leave behind um, in Oklahoma City who really believed what he said. They believed what he had to say. And then I, you know, if he would come forward and say, you know what, I really did, I changed my mind. I don't really want to be, you know, Dirk Nowitzki and have all these years where I don't know if I'm going to win a championship or be, you know, I don't want to be Tim Duncan where I'm, you know, loyal to this franchise. I want to, I want to go and do something else. And that's, and that's fine. Like you can, you can take those words back, but he has never said that. Um, and he did say these words. And I, and I do think that guys, um, Thunder fans have a reason to be upset and it it should be loud on Saturday night and I think it'll be emotional I think people should boo if they feel like booing I think um, I, I would be shocked if there were many people that cheered I, I don't think that people should be like shamed into cheering for him because of what he did for Oklahoma City and what he did was great he did a lot of great things for this city he put the Thunder on the map uh, he, you know, took the Thunder to the finals, to several Western Conference finals appearances. He gave the Thunder, um, you know, a scoring champion, like all these things. Awesome. But still, like the decision that he made, uh, just, it's very, it's frustrating. And the team he chose to go to, like, you should, you should feel just fine booing him or yelling or whatever you feel necessary, holding up cupcake signs, whatever, whatever it is. I feel like this is the time to like, just get it out, like get it out, get it on the table, uh, and cheer for Russell Westbrook as loud as you can. Because yeah. I just think that that's, and that's the way, this is pro sports. Like, this is not like a, like a marriage or something or something that's like, you should like sit back and be rational about or whatever. Like, this is, this is irrational. Like, being, being a fan of the NBA is at the core very irrational. And, you know, having irrational anger or whatever is just a part of it. So, uh, this is just a part of being a fan. Just enjoy it, and uh, if you're going to go on Saturday night, uh, do as you please. Yeah, uh, so basically, yeah, a couple of big takeaways. One, like you said, Durant made us think that, oh, he gets us, right? We yeah. we, we as Oklahoma City had, you know, it, it seemed like that he he was you know happy to be one of us, and, and again, like you said, made a lot of quotes. He's you know, free to change his mind. I've been very careful to keep from comparing like this to like a marriage because I do think that those are two different concepts. Yes, totally. Um, this is more like, you know, I, I think a business partnership. Um, if Kevin and Russ were in a law firm and going to defend the case and then suddenly Durant leaves to join the prosecution, <laughs> that would yeah. that would lead to some bad blood, and so and that's the other thing I keep coming back to is when people say, "Well, you know, Kevin did nothing wrong." I'm not saying that he did. He obviously didn't hurt or maim or you know um, cause anybody any any real harm, other than you know maybe tick some people off. Yeah, um, but that's boiling it down very simplistically, yes. very very simplistically. And if he did nothing wrong, why are Russ and Nick like persona non grata? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, so, it's, it, and obviously it's not like a, a moral thing. Like we're not talking about like yeah. right, like right and wrong morally. Like it's, it, it's, but it is like I, you can look at this as like right and wrong in like the irrational world of the NBA, right? Like you right. can, you can see that like players don't go and join the team that beat them in the Western Conference Finals, a team that won seventy three games, uh, and then you become their best player, like. Guys just haven't done that, like in the NBA, and most of the guys uh, that maybe even were in that position look at it and say, "Well, that's that's wrong." <laughs> I mean, it's just it's and it's not and again not wrong morally, but it's just like, "Wow!" Like I can't believe you did that. And I right. And all the while, Kevin Durant did not have to pledge loyalty to Oklahoma City over and over and over and over again. He didn't have to. Right. He, he did that with Lee Jenkins just a few months before he made the decision. And he did not have to. Oklahoma City would have loved him probably just as much if he would have decided to, like, sh- you know, shut his mouth, not pledge loyalty, to just say, I like the city, um, but I love being an NBA superstar. And, you know, if the time came, I don't, I'm not really sure what I would do. People would still love him and cheer for him just as much. But the fact that he pledged loyalty over and over again, and even secretly pledged loyalty to people within the organization and people close to the organization, uh, he didn't have to do those things. And I think that that's the reason to me why it hurts the most or why people are so upset is because of that continuous pledge of loyalty through time uh, and then uh, and then up and leaving for the team that beat them who would have been their biggest rival. I mean, right now, had Kevin Durant stayed, the storyline of the season would be who you got, the Thunder or the Warriors in the West. And it would be highly contested. It would be super fun. This game on Saturday would be monstrous. And it is mm-hmm. monstrous, but for other reasons. Like, this game is a right. monstrous because we're trying to figure out who's going to win the championship. This game is monstrous because of Durant's return, and that's it. Um, so there's just there's a lot to unpack. And to, to boil it down to just, like, he made one decision in one moment, uh, it just basically takes the humanity out of it, takes the fandom out of it, takes everything out of it. And you can approach it that way. I'm not going to tell you that, that that you're wrong for it, but you also have to acknowledge that there are a lot of working parts um, before and around his decision that you, that need to be acknowledged as well. Well, so here's another comparison. Okay, here's someone else who made a decision this summer. He just just made a decision. Dion Waiters, yeah, left Oklahoma City, went to Miami. Yeah. Russell Westbrook, after the game is up, hugging him, you know, they're, they're, they're exchanging words and everything. I, I know, again, circumstances are different. That's, that's kind of boiling it down a little too simply. But the point being is that, keep in mind, Nick and Russ were the two guys trying to get in front of KD, saying, postpone free agency, let's do some big things, let's come back and finish what we started. And there's been articles written and there's been indications that they came away, I mean, maybe not with a guarantee from Durant that he was staying, but with every reason to believe that was going to be the case. Right. Um, so whenever you talk about he did nothing wrong, um, I, I, I think some people disagree. Yeah. I think some and, – and because I feel – I think there are some people that were probably burned more than the fan base by that decision. Sure. And you know, his people didn't have to leak to – I don't even remember who the reporter was. They didn't have to leak that he was ninety percent coming back to OKC. I mean, oh, that was Mark Spears. Yeah, Spears. I mean, they don't. Have, none of that stuff had to happen. You know, I mean, right. they could even say like Durant doesn't really know what he's going to do, and that yeah. probably would have sent the city into a tailspin, like they were, like we were, like a couple of days earlier. But I don't. 
I don't know, like a lot of the things that were said didn't have to be said. Like, like again, Durant didn't have to pledge loyalty over and over and over yeah. again, and that's and that's why it hurts. And yeah, I don't. Really, and I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean, and then we know as well. Obviously, there was a connection between the Golden State players and Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. You know, they were actively recruiting him during the season. I, I'm, I'm just saying, I would love to see some team try that with Russ during right. the regular season. It would be F off and lose my phone number, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, so we got all that going on. We know that they were actively recruiting him. We know that, you know, the, the relationship between KD and Draymond became became a big issue during the Western Conference Finals. Um and there's other stories out there as well, um, you know, about about that whole thing. You know, Kevin Durant, you know, the, the time that he spent in the Bay Area for the Super Bowl probably was I, I don't know if it was the start of things, but that's when things started really becoming like, oh, yeah, this could actually be a thing. Um, so you factor all that in as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, like I say, it's just we're not Vulcans. Yeah, <laughs> and people I just, are not Vulcans, <laughs> and, I, and I think that Durant saying that the media made up, you know, this beef between he and Russ probably makes Russ even more mad. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, that too, because that's going to um, get back to Russ, and he's going to be like, "What?" He's like, "No, yeah. I'm legitimately mad at you, you idiot." <laughs> right? What? What part of this do you not understand? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I showed up at an arena wearing an official photographer's vest. That's right. <laughs> what? Do you think that means? Oh man! All right, but I do think it's interesting too that you know you mentioned that. I mean, Kevin, you know, you know, kept saying he was loyal to Oklahoma City. I think it's interesting if if we went back and looked at a lot of Russ's quotes. I would imagine we probably don't hear anything quite as definitive from him. I mean, he's always talked about how nice the people are here and this is a great place for him, et cetera, but he's never gone quite as far as Durant did. I, I find that interesting. Yeah, no, he, he never did. Um, really up until the press conference he had whenever he um, signed that extension. You mm-hmm. never really heard him you know, glow about OKC. And that's why people thought like, oh, well, Russ will probably go play for the Lakers and whatever. And like as a fan, mm-hmm. you're like, and as a fan, you were like, uh, I mean, I guess he could. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what he thinks or feels. And yeah. like a, a superstar to part ways like that. Like if Durant had, you know, never said anything about OKC and then he left, he'd be like, well, you know, he never gave any indication that this is his spot or that this is where he wants to be or that he never thinks about anywhere else because he said mm-hmm. all those things. He said he never thinks about anywhere else. He also said he's wow. a, a small town guy. He's not, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's saying all those things while being actively recruited by the Golden State Warriors during the season. Right. So, yeah, exactly. It's all to say that, yeah, this is why he's going to get the reception that he's going to get. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be – It's he's going to get booed um, from the moment that they step out to, to warm up. He's going to get booed every time that he touches – the floor or touch or touches not the floor touches the ball he's going to get booed and it's going to happen the whole game um so it'll and it's, it's going to probably going to score he's probably going to score 45 points you know that's and, and that's and, I, brett dawson and i talked about this we didn't talk about this on the pod but we talked about it after is kevin Dur- i wonder how he's going to play because he's played in the the times that he's played the thunder have been in very supportive environments and has he ever played in an environment that didn't like support or I mean I know that he's been booed some around the league but he he's never experienced this 
type of atmosphere in his entire career. And, he, and it may fuel him, and he may you know torch the thunder for 45, or it could rattle him. And I, Brett and I kind of lean more toward it might rattle him. I mean, because of because of all we mentioned earlier, that's entirely possible because, um, I mean, that's the other thing that I think we're picking up on. Kevin Durant doesn't like being disliked. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he's kind of preparing himself like, yeah, I'm not going to get a warm welcome. And then whenever he's actually in that moment, that's probably going to be jaw-dropping for him. But, uh, you know, we'll see. LeBron dropped a scorching 38 on Cleveland in his first game back there in 2010. Mm-hmm. And the video is on YouTube. Go find it of the of the lineup introductions and and how the crowd just let him have it. And people showed up with t shirts that said the Lion King L Y I N because people in Cleveland felt like that he had lied to them. Uh, and so it's it's very similar those two situations. Uh, what we're, what we're going to see coming up here. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a very interesting dynamic and. I said this before we started that we're really not going to talk about real basketball on this podcast, <laughs> and we ha- I stayed true to that. <laughs> um, and and the and, and at the end, it's not going to matter. It's not ten years down the road. It's not going to matter. It's going to be we're going to celebrate the you know the time that he spent here when his jersey is getting retired. And so in in this moment, everyone's got stuff to get off their chest, but it's it's not going to be a permanent thing. It no. just won't be. Yeah, and this is a good time to kind of let him have it and let it all out. It's I mean it's a it's a very interesting time to be an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, and I I just think that you have an opportunity to to let him have it, and I think you should. Uh, yeah. Let's do a couple TQs. Um, let's uh, go towards such a, a more non-emotional uh, topic. <laughs> this is from at D Tally Live. What's up, D Tally? D Tally is the man. He's been listening to our podcast for a long time and always has great questions. Um, D Tally asks: John's day job is telling people to reboot their PC. I assume which NBA player <laughs> <laughs> needs a reboot with another team? Yeah, uh, that's. Well, kind of uh, just for so basically I I administrate the the network, the servers. I make sure people can get to Facebook. I started off at the help desk where I said, you know, thank you for calling the help desk. Did you turn it off and on yet? Um, And so I've kind of evolved here. What player needs a reboot with another team? Kyle Singler. Um, Who else? (laughs) Um, For sure, Kyle. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins (laughs) needs a reboot, right? You know, you would think. I think you would think. I mean, he needs he needs a reboot. If he was on a like a respect a respectable franchise that like sat him down, was like, "Hey, dude, you can't cuss out your coach. You can't act like this. We're going to suspend you if you do." But also, you're our franchise player because you you could very well be the best player in the NBA, uh, but you're not because you're a big jerk. And let's yeah. let's get this straightened out. That Arnovitz piece was incredible. Oh man, it was so good. The Kings, Which is the Kings typical. are so messed. The Kings are so messed up. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, it's just a terrible situation. Um, I'm going to say Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, that's. I thought about him too. I think yeah. that makes a ton of sense. Um, beyond that, I mean, and, and this is kind of sad to say already, but Serge Ibaka could use yeah. one after being in Orlando for a few for a few months. Yeah. That- I, I, not the greatest situation for him. It's not. I, I think a Toronto deal makes a ton of sense. And it's kind of funny because Toronto was the original Ibaka trade this summer with the Thunder. Yes. Is that they had a deal in place that it was 
and, and you know, Thunder fans will probably be just shocked by some of this stuff, but the original trade was basically just the ninth pick for Serge Ibaka. It was mm-hmm. basically Demonis Sabonis for Serge Ibaka, and the Thunder were very much thinking about doing that. Um, but then somehow the uh, the Orlando Magic stepped in and said, oh, we'll also give you Victor Oladipo. Oh, and we'll also give you the guy that's eventually going to be Jeremy Grant. Um, mm-hmm. In which I'm sure Sam Presti just completely fell out of his chair and said, okay. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So I even thought too. What you know? What about Serge Ibaka in Washington? I down the about, stretch, I've thought about that too, and it's it's hard to put together a trade package. I think like Kelly Oubre makes sense, but then I don't know. I don't know what you're willing to give. If you think of him as a rental, um, it's it's hard to give up a lot for him. Yeah, um, but he and Marquee, I, do like I guess. I guess if Scott Brooks has kind of got through to Marquise, maybe you just keep riding that thing. Yeah, and in that way, you don't have to give up like a rotation piece because their bench is already really bad. Because mm-hmm. um, I think you'd have to give up a couple pretty decent players to get him. Uh, but I do like that. I do like that idea, and I really like this Washington team. That game the other night was super fun. Yeah, I didn't get to see the end of that. Uh, oh, again, I just I turned on Twitter and just saw just you know row after row of OMG LeBron, OMG, <laughs> oh wow, um, with no context whatsoever. So I I just assumed that he turned water into wine, and I missed it. It was so it was absolutely nuts. <laughs> um, let's see, let's do one more. Uh, this will be a good one from at that true talk, who also sends us a lot of good questions. Uh, what is the percentage chance of us winning one out of the next three games? Cavs, Wizards, and Warriors. Hmm. Well, it better if, if LeBron sits out. Yeah, if LeBron doesn't play, I think they've got like a 65 to 70% chance of winning at least that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, the, I mean, the, the Zards are good. I don't know. I mean, they the, are. The Zards are very good. And then, obviously, the Warriors. I mean, it would basically take uh, a mental collapse from Durant and you know Draymond and those guys, which which they have done. I'm not I'm not saying that's impossible, but I mm-hmm. I mean I would put OKC's okay, so chances of winning that game like a ten percent. Um, yeah, pretty low. And you know the Wizards game again, like you said, this is not the same Wizards team that came in earlier this season. No. Uh, they are playing much better lately, so I'm not putting nothing great odds on that one. Although, you know, the Thunder have done some things. Um, Billy Donovan's done it again. You know, yeah. made some adjustments, and you know, this team is, is I think, going to be okay without Cantor uh, in, in the meantime. Not great, not perfect, not, not whole, but I think they're going to be okay. But still, that's a tough task. Going yeah. to Washington and, and winning that ball game. Yeah, those are tough. But uh, the good news is after those three, the Thunder play the Knicks, which is always good to play the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, get eight days off uh, before they play the Lakers, um, which is super nice. So, and the trade deadline um, is on the twenty third, coming up here. So lots of lots of stuff to look forward to with the Thunder. Um, anything else, John, that you you want to say or get off your chest um, on the spot, on the podcast? No, I, I I guess the only thing that I would finish up with is um, you know we obviously a lot of people are frustrated and are venting and and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of hot takes from all sides here. Um, I, I I don't think that I don't think Kevin Durant's a bad guy, and hopefully 
you know, people aren't uh, aren't sticking with that. Maybe he didn't do some things great, but this isn't coming from you know just pure hatred of Kevin Durant and oh he left Oklahoma City, therefore you know he must be shunned. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I again, I think we talked about a lot of this. It has to do with a whole lot of other factors why fans are justifiably frustrated. Um, but in the end, it's you know it, it's nothing like. I honestly don't think I, I feel like the people out there that are using like the snake emojis are going too far. I really do. He's yeah. I think you're right that he's not he's not a bad person. Like I think that that's that's a that's kind of a ridiculous jump to make. Uh, but to be upset about the decisions he's made and the things that he said is one thing. Yeah. But to think he's a bad person is another. Uh, I think he's. I mean, obviously he has a good heart. Like he's done a lot of right. really good things for a lot of people. Um, so he's, he's got a good heart, but did, did he handle the situation this summer very well? I don't think so. I think he handled no. it pretty, pretty terribly, uh, when it came to the fan base. He didn't, you know, he didn't put up, uh, anything in the paper to say thank you. He didn't put up any banners or anything. And we, people may probably would have defaced those anyways, but he didn't like make, <laughs> make the effort to say thank you. Um, really when he should have, whenever that's, and that's just expected, right? I mean, it's expected for players to do stuff like that. Uh, and he didn't do that. So I just think he handled it so poorly. Uh, and the team that he chose to go to just, it doesn't look good, or at least it doesn't feel good to Thunder fans. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, he's just some awful dude. Uh, he just really handled some situations really with, you know, like zero emotional intelligence. Yeah, he, he broke people's hearts. Yeah. And and that's what it came down to. Um, Eric Horn has got a great piece today where he talks about, you know, w- when star players leave a town. Um, you know, Chris Paul, I guess, you know, put up billboards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's those things. Some people say there's no way to end a relationship the right way. And I understand some of that. But there are certain boxes you can check. Yeah. That, you know, at the end you can say, hey, look, when I left, I did X, Y, and Z. What more can you expect? Um, instead, he left with a ghost-written, very hollow you know, line or two in the Players' Tribune. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's... I'm out. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the pod today. We can follow you at John M. Ham. We can read your stuff at Bleacher Report. Listen to you on the franchise here locally in Oklahoma City. Uh, thanks for coming on. You can listen to us on Friday. We are going to break down this Kevin Durant stuff even more and in more detail on Friday. If you have questions for us, uh, you can ask them. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DTD Podcast. You can even email them if you have like a longer question dtdpodcast at gmail.com leave us an itunes review if you have time and thanks for listening